0: Welcome to Musing the Mysteries, a podcast by Barney Wiggett. What you'll find here are some recent musings about the God of the Bible and living in such a way as to bring him pleasure. We make no claim to perfection in either our actions or assumptions. That's why we call them musings. Don't take our word for it. Do your own research and ask the Spirit for help. We invite you to interact with us, question our conclusions, and share your own ideas with us, which might well be better than some of ours. In the meantime, happy musing. go. Let's go. Would you turn in your Bible to 1 John? Not the not the Gospel of John, but the epistle of 1 John. I've been having a lot of fun. I live in the Mission, you know. I live on Dolores, which is lap of luxury. I live in the DPC, one of the, one of the apartments there, and I do uh, ministries in. I just help with other people's ministries. People say, "How's your ministry going?" Well, the coolest thing is I don't have one, uh, but I just help with other people's, you know. So, with uh, some dreadlock, hippy, Christian friends of mine, I go to. Uh, hate Ashbury and make pancakes and people come out of the bushes and we make friends. <laughs> and then on Saturday night back in the hate, we uh, bring another group brings a stack of pizzas and people come out of the bushes and we uh, make friends there. And then, of course, in Liz's ministry in the TL, uh, you know, it's uh, we, we say Bodecker Park, but it's not the park. We're not in the park anymore. You know, I do the Thursday when I'm seldom there on Saturdays. But uh The Thursday, the weekly one, it's, it's, I mean, I've been doing this for many years. This is the hardest it's ever been because we're on the sidewalk, you know, on Eddie Street. We were on Jones, but the fence kind of got in the way. And so we're on Eddie Street and, oh, baby, it's just, it's just another kind of level of difficulty, you know, because people are going by and yelling at us and stuff that's on the sidewalk. I won't go into it, but I'm just saying it's, it's, uh. But I love it. I absolutely love it. It's, again, making friends, you know, with God out there. And and I got to, I'm kind of a part of this little Bible study with gang members in the mission now. And so I've got all these three different cultures. And then I come to, you know, you. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, they're like, you know, have clothes on and real, you know, they're clean and, and stuff. They probably brushed their teeth this week. No, I love my friends. Uh, I do. I have tomorrow. I don't, I'm not looking for you to sing it's a happy birthday to me, but, but tar- tomorrow's my birthday. I'm going to be 59. And a friend of mine, a homeless friend of mine, is turning 58, maybe nine this week. And so, again, my uh, hippie Christian friends are having us over for dinner. And m- me and my homeless friend Francis are having a little party. So that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Um, some of you, uh, know that, uh, Yosuke mentioned, you know, you're reading the blog and stuff. That's cool. Appreciate that. Uh, I've been writing a lot. I finished this memoir. I've been working on a memoir for about three years. And so now I'm looking to shop it, you know, I'm looking to find an agent and, uh, and or a publisher. And if you're looking for, you know, things to pray for me about, please pray about that. I I hate the business part. I'm not a business guy, you know? I'm not a self-promotional kind of person. So I'm just hoping that the Lord will just kind of take that over and let it happen. And uh, uh, mentoring some young uh, leaders and some pastors. So it's fun. I'm having a lot of fun. I I say to people that I'm having, I'm getting to do all the things that I loved in pastoring without having to do all the things that I hated in pastoring. And uh, so what's not to like about that? But if you have been reading uh, my blog, you'll know some of the things that I've been musing about. And it's, it, it, I'm thinking about the love of God and, and how to receive it and, and give it back and share it quite a bit out of 1 John. 1 John is kind of my place where I'm musing right now. So let's start with 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Isn't that great? Love comes from God. Let's say that. Love comes from God. And he says, everyone who loves has been born of God. You know, that new birth thing, that getting born again. You get born again. One of the things that comes out is love, you know. Everyone who uh, loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Let's say that God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. Yeah, I mean, He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. I've been thinking about that, might live through Him. This is love. If you want to know what love is, it's not that we love God, but that He loved us. You know, by the way, all this love talk is all agape. You know, that Greek word agape. Everybody knows agape. It's that selfless love of God. It's, it, it's, it's, you can't love this way on your own. You need help from God. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, I like it, NIV says, God so loved us. Where does that remind you of in the Bible? Yeah, John 3.16, yeah, God so loved the world. So loved us. I mean, that's, all you know, so much love that we ought to also love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, listen to this. If Nobody's seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. His love is made complete in us. That's a super statement there. We know that we live in him because, uh, uh, and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son To be the savior of the world, anyone—if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him, and He in God—and I love this verse—and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Do you know? I mean, you—you know—in your—in your your head, because you've heard it in Sunday school. You know, Jesus loves me. This I know. You know, you heard it. I have a friend. Who uh, came from the street, and the first time he ever heard the word love was somebody, uh, he was, I don't know how old he was, he was a little kid, and somebody took him to church, and they were singing, Jesus Loves Me. And he didn't even know, he'd never heard the word love in his home. We know and rely, in verse 16, do you know God's love and rely on it? One leads to the other. A lot of Christians don't know. God, how much God loves them. None of us know how much, but I mean, a lot of Christians don't very know very much about how much he loves us. And then in terms of relying on it, obviously the way we live is not reflective oftentimes of us relying on the love of God. God is love. He says it again. Uh, Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him in this way. Love is made complete. Notice he says that twice. Love is made complete. Let's say that. Love is made complete, and he actually says it in chapter 2, verse 5 also. But love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. We are like him in this world, like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Let's say that. We love because he first loved us. He started it. He started this thing and we respond. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who doesn't love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll give us revelation about this. These are, profe- John is talking on another level here, and I don't want to make it complicated. In fact, I want to make it really simple. Could you help me to do that and us to receive it that way in Jesus' name? And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, John, you know, is the apostle of love, you know, partially because of the way he writes here, partially because of his uh resting his head on the chest of jesus on uh, in the last Supper, partially because he calls himself the, the five times in the gospel the the disciple whom Jesus loved i mean he had a revelation of of the love of God and he re, uh, he reflected that in the way he lived and then i mean because he came a long way right he and his brother were the uh, uh sons of thunder, you know but now he 's the apostle of love. i mean he got it he got a revelation, and he talks about this. This thing, this love of God being uh, completed in us as though, I mean, it almost sounds when he says his love is made complete in us like it was not complete before, like God's love is unfinished. Well, I mean, that's not entirely accurate, but it's unfinished in in its progress, in its intended purpose. It's not complete until we receive it. We reciprocate it, and then we we reflect it. Uh, so that's what I've been kind of musing about myself. Amplified Bible version, but if we love one another, do you see it there? God abides in us, and His love is brought to completion, to its full maturity, runs its full course, and is perfected in us. I like that. It runs its full course. That the love of God has a course. So he gives it. He's expecting it to be given back and he's expecting it to be shown, you know, to other people and like that. So we receive it, reciprocate it, reflect it to other people. And that's and that's the way it works. So I was thinking about this in relationship to the song of God. Did you know that God sings? God sings, not just us, not just the angels. God sings in Zephaniah. You have the verse there, uh, chapter 3, verse 17. It says, he takes great delight in us, and he quiets us with his love. He rejoices over us with what? With singing. So we sing. I know it's metaphorical language. Let's just work with it. So I'm thinking of the song of God being his love song, his serenade to us. I'm thinking that that serenade, he's hoping that we will echo it back and reciprocate it back in such a way that we will do this together and harmonize so that our friends will be drawn into the harmony and join the choir. Our antiphonal song, you know that word antiphonal, yeah? It's it's a kind of a call and response. That's what they, a lot of churches, they do that kind of antiphonal singing. Where, In fact, sometimes choirs will even stand on opposite sides of a building and sing antiphonally one kind of call and response. That's kind of how I see this thing about the song of God. Dig this thing where he says great delight in you. He's delighted, man. I mean I'm saying when he looks at you, you really make him, you can really make him happy. You really can. I, we can make him happy. He gets delighted when he thinks of us and his delight you know, makes him sing. We're often thinking about Delight yourself in the Lord. You know, the Bible says that. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. But this is where He's delighted, you know, in us. And, uh, so let's talk about this agape received. First of all, agape received, where John is, is telling us to receive the love of God. And this Zephaniah, I'm kind of putting First John, Zephaniah together here, okay? Using Zephaniah's language about singing his love song, us singing it back in harmony that other people hear it. So we hear about this delight yourself in the Lord. Be delighted. Just enjoy the Lord. In this passage in Zephaniah, he says that he's delighted with you. That's a, it's a romance, it's a relationship, it's a friendship, it's a it's a it's a give and take. There's a, there's call and response. And I think that our delight in Him is proportionate to the revelation we have of His delight in us. Does that make sense? It's proportionate. If I don't have a revelation of how delighted He is with me, I'm having a hard time delighting myself in Him. It's just more of a cold command. I just, well, sure, I should get happy in God, and I'm so happy in God. But if, you know, it's not real, it's not heartfelt when I'm not reveling this, and I'm not reveling in his love. That's a, a book I started 25 years ago that I, I just can't quite finish. I think it might be my swan song, but it's called Reveling in the River. And uh, so I'm just, but revel, that comes to mind. He revels in us, we're supposed to revel in him. And notice it says his love, what does it do? He takes great delight, and what does, he, what does his love do? It quiets you. I've got a noisy heart. We live in a noisy city. I've got a noisy mind. It quiets me. His love quiets me. In verse 16, now I'm kind of jumping to John again, jumping back to 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. It says "I know, that we know and rely on the love God has for us. It's a tragedy when Christians don't know or rely on the love God has for us. It reminds me of the prodigal son parable, you know, in Luke 15. Kid wants his inheritance. He goes out, wastes it all, ends up feeding pigs, repents, comes back to father who's waiting for him, uh, patiently makes a party, kisses him on the cheek, on the neck, it says, puts a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet, kills the fatted calf and they celebrate him coming back. The older brother is ticked off about it because he says, I've been slaving for you all this time and you didn't throw me no party and so Neither of the sons enjoyed or reveled in the love of the Father. Neither of the sons knew and relied on the love of their Father. One because of rebellion and the other because of religion. Rebellion and religion are both enemies of knowing and relying on the love of God. And when I say religion, I mean slaving for you. He says, I've been slaving for you all this time. That kind of rote, just duty. I believe it, but I don't rely on it. It's not personal for me. It's not. I'm not in. I, usually, when I ask people if they're Christians, I don't usually use that language. I say, "Are you? Uh, do you love Jesus? Do you follow Jesus? How's your friendship with Jesus?" That's what I'm. I'm wanting to know. That's what we're talking about here. Not, are you religious? Religion and rebellion are both enemies to knowing and relying on the love of God. We need to receive this agape like the sons of this father, you know, did or didn't and should have. When Jesus on the cross, seven things he said, you know, you've heard the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. One of them, my favorite, is it is finished. And I was thinking about this. It's like Jesus is saying the song is finished. We've been writing the Father and the Holy Spirit and I have been writing this song of love to our beloved for centuries and centuries and now it's finished. i finished the song. It's like Handel coming out of, you know, sequestration from, you know, writing his Messiah and he comes out and he, you know, says it's finished and he glows all over him because like Jesus, the song is finished. I can sing this song now. People can really access the love of the Father like never... You know, before, you know, I need I, I can't hear the song very well because I've got all these other noises going on in my mind and in my life. So I've got to quiet those things so that I can concentrate in order to receive his serenade. Let's talk about the second thing, then agape, not just received, but reciprocated, because it's not just so that we know we're loved, but so that we can reciprocate it back to God and sing back to him. So we hear his song, we revel in his song, and we sing it back to him. And it's it, love is only mutually enjoyed. When there isn't a mutuality to love, then it's not nobody's happy. If one person loves the other, but the other one doesn't love that first one back, there's no joy in that. There's no it's it, it's it's meant to be mutual. And I was thinking about. The nature of God being love, it's the only aspect of the character of God that requires a a reciprocation for it to be full. And John says it's not complete until it is. It's not complete until we reciprocate and reflect it. And so we're kind of echoing his song back to him. Not just when we're here singing. I'm not talking about just here singing. It's part of it. It's part of it. I love singing with you. I love singing with my friends and singing to God. I dig that. It's really important to me. But this is more than that. And John, in his epistle, if you read it, I mean, he says stuff like, if you love him, you're going to obey him. If you love him, you're going to love your brothers and sisters. So we sing our song not just in, you know, raising our hands and singing songs to God. We sing our song by obeying him and doing his will and doing what he told us to do and and rejecting the things that he doesn't want us to do and loving people that are hard to, to love. In verse 12, like in 1 John, he says, If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And in chapter 2 of 1 John, uh, verse 5, he says, If anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. So our song is comprised of attitudes and actions attitudes and actions, attitudes of heart. And actions with the hands, you know, and with the way that we act with each other. In fact, I usually, I put those together and call them attitudes, act- attitudes and actions, actitude, uh, but there's mutuality to it. You know, in Genesis, it says that God's heart was grieved and his heart was filled with pain because of, because of people's rejection and people's living independently of him. And he knows he's the best. And so they're not accessing the best. And so he's grieved about it. If you give somebody else love and they don't reciprocate it, it hurts. It hurts, yeah? And can you imagine that multiplied by billions? Can you imagine even those that are supposed to love him back don't love him back. They just kind of give him uh, lip service. How hard that would be. God, There's a sadness, I think, uh, in God as well as a joy. But he was willing to risk it and give us this free will experiment so that when we did reciprocate it, it would be be out of an intention. Having been enticed by him, we intentionally, we, we make a choice uh, rather than being programmed to love him back. He could have programmed us, but he decided, you know, not to do this. And, and when I say God is, you know, get sad, don't worry about him. He's going to be fine. Uh, because... God is secure in himself, amen, not like us. We are kind of if I don't get love re- reciprocated, I, I'll hurt and then it might you know it, it it'll make me uh, make me uh, unpleasant <laughs> uh, for God and for others and even myself. you know what I mean? But God never becomes unpleasant. Thank God, wow, I'm glad that he he's secure in himself and so he's he's capable of of dealing with the hurt, but it does hurt God when his, his love isn't reciprocated. I love the love of God most when I'm reciprocating it, when I'm giving it back to him and joining his, in his song and sing with him. He sings over us, rejoices over us with singing, and I can do the, you know, that back with him. You know, God is a jealous lover. He says, I'm a jealous God. And isn't that weird how jealousy is an iniquity for us and a quality for God? In other words, it's, it's bad for us to be jealous, but it's good for him to be jealous. Why? Because he knows he's the best for us. He, so he knows that if we miss out on him, that's bad for us. So he's jealous of all of our other you know, lovers and the things that we love instead of him. You know. Let's talk about agape reflected now, just, just quickly. So we receive agape, his love. We, we uh, reciprocate it back to him, not just in worship, but in the way we live, in attitudes, And then we sing this song together, harmonizing so much so that people want in. I, I'm in high school, and I go, I, I go into the wrong door, and it's the choir practice. And they go, hey, they stop, and they go, hey, do you want to join the choir? I said, no, I don't sing, and I'm not joining no choir. But I sit down for a minute to collect my thoughts, and they go back to their practice, and they start to harmonize, and their harmonies, and their beautiful, just the way that they're singing entices me, and by the time I end up, I've, I've, I've joined the choir. <laughs> so that's what we want to happen with us, that, that our reciprocation of God's love and the way that we do it together in harmony with each other entices people to join the song with us to love this God back like he, you know, deserves to be, to be loved. And that's what I mean by agape reflected verse 12. Look at that in first John four, 12, he says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. No one's ever seen God, but if we love each other, people are going to see God. That's what he's saying. If we love each other, they'll see God. They'll see God in our harmony with each other. They'll hear God in the way that we treat. So here's the deal. You've got to get along with each other, man. You've got to do it. Have you ever sung in a choir or with people and their harmony or their they're off key and you're just, oh, you're driving me nuts and <laughs> making me sing bad? And Okay, but that's just part of the deal. That's just part of the deal, man. You've got to get along with your brothers and sisters. You've got to do it. Because when churches, when, when people don't get along with each other in, in, the, in church, you know, I mean, this is the easiest place to do this, you know. We got to do it. We have to love each other. And even when it's hard, if they don't sing like you want to sing, you want them to sing. You got to, you gotta. this song is not meant to be sung solo in the shower. This is something we all sing together. To, it's our harmony. Did Jesus say something about this? It's our harmony. John 13, Jesus said, if you love each other, they'll know you're my disciples. You got to love each other. That's how they'll know. But if they come in here and just see all kinds of fra- factions and fractions and people not getting along, not good. If we love each other, his love is made, you know, complete. And the song that we sing is it, it's it's got melody and lyrics. We're good at churches Christians are good at lyrics. I got lots of words to share with people. Lots. But it's not just what we tell people. It's the melody. It's the beauty of the way we live. That's what attracts. That's what attracted me to Jesus. I saw people whose lives were, were much more together than my life. There was a beauty. There was, there was harmony. And they loved each other. I wanted, to, I wanted in on that.